Welcome to the Coach and Doc podcast, hosted by Coach Chris Cutcliffe and Dr. Hunter Taylor. This is the podcast completely devoted to seeking out leaders who elevated their organizations and didn't compromise their principles at the same time. Thank you so much for joining us on the Coach and Doc podcast. Our next guest is a very special one. Uh, he's my former colleague, roommate, road dog, social media coach, Coach Jareem Dowling. He's one of the best around. Uh, coach Dowling is an assistant coach at the University of North, North Texas, where they are currently sitting atop the Conference USA standings. He's one of the most well-liked and well-respected coaches around. Plus, I think he has one of the best stories you've ever heard. And the guy always wins, no matter where he is. So uh, we can't wait to, to dive right in and learn from him. So welcome to the show, Coach. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, Coach Dowling, I'm fired up to have you on. Uh, your your social media presence is a lot of fun, uh, for sure. Uh, so I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, I'm, a, I'm appreciative of the opportunity of being here and filling this for LeBron James and Kevin Durant, who couldn't be here with you guys today. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, uh, hey, so first of all, congrats on the success this season. You guys are sitting at 10-2 and two, uh, in Conference USA atop the, the conference standing, 16-9 and nine overall. Uh, how's it feel to be, you know, in the midst of such a great start to the season? Uh, it feels good. Um, it's good to see our head coach, Grant McCaslin, um, plan come to fruition uh, over the past three years of building towards this. And uh, we're, we're happy, but we're not satisfied. And, um, you know, we're taking it one game at a time. You guys have been there now. This is year three, right? Yes, this is year three. Okay. So, you know, you talk about having a plan. Uh, so, you know, what do you attribute that, that this start to this season to so far? Um, just having all the guys in the program that um, Coach Grant McCaslin wanted from day one where he talked about um, bringing in high-character guys that come into the program and, you know, they're better people than there are players on the court, and we can get them to be better players by working daily towards that goal. So it's good to see that come to fruition with the right group of guys uh, that's been here in the program for multiple years now, as well as winning character guys being added into the program at this time. Yeah, no doubt. Um, that's good stuff. So you've been there all three years. You helped, you know, build the culture that's kind of built toward this. So, you know, when you get started uh, day one at North Texas, what's what's the top of the priority list? What are the things you, you know you've got to get done three years ago on day one getting started? Uh, just give me high-character guys again. I don't want to sound like a broken robot, but high-character guys is a very, very important thing because you want guys that are going to represent themselves, the university, and their families well at all times. And once you have that at the core value of who they are before being a good basketball player, it all ties in and, you know, gets us the success that we're seeing right now and the success that we plan to continue to have. Reem, I know your background, but for our listeners, I want you to do, uh, I want you to take a moment just to kind of walk us through your background. Because one thing that we always want to give good advice is to those people trying to get into coaching, kind of some different routes uh, of people who have been really successful with it, learned under some really good people and are now doing it at a high level. Um, let's see, start off at uh, Cecil Community College. Uh, that's where I played uh, junior college basketball, and that's where I got my um, coaching start. Um, I worked for the legendary Bill Lewitt, and uh, I was an assistant at the time there for three years with 
himself and Earl Piner and uh, Ed Durham, who is now the current AD and the head coach of the men's basketball team there. Then um, I went on from there to Slipper Rock University, where I work with Kevin Reynolds, uh, who was a longtime friend of Bill Lewitt. And uh, Mm -hmm. I was an assistant coach there with him and Eric Murphy, who is now the head coach at Florida Southwestern, the number one junior college, uh, division one junior college in the country. And Mm -hmm. uh, had a good success there and won a lot of games there. And then um, moved on to Moorhead State, where I worked with uh, Donnie Tindall, who my former boss at Slipper Rock, Kevin Reynolds, worked for. And I got my first opportunity to be a Division One assistant at Moorhead State in Kentucky. And I was there for 10 months and then left with Donnie Tindall to go to the University of Southern Miss. And uh, I was there with him for two years, uh, along with Adam Howard, uh, Wade O'Connor, R.J. Rush, Mike Gibbons, Justin Phelps, uh, Casey Matthews. Uh, those are some of the guys that I was able to work with at Southern Miss in my time there. And then uh, we had some success there. And after that, moved on to the University of Tennessee uh, with Donnie Tindall and the same staff again. Um, uh, this time it was Chris Shoemate, Adam Howard, uh, Al Pinkins, RJ Rush, Mike Gibbons, and um, Justin Phelps. And I wasn't in the same assistant coaching role there. I was player development. And okay. I was there for pretty much uh, three weeks, long enough to get a paycheck from the University of Tennessee. And then I got a call from uh, the legendary Doc Sadler, uh, who took the job over at the <laughs> University of Southern Miss. And, yeah. um, you know, went back to Southern Miss for a year, worked for Doc Sadler for a year. Uh, it was a great time, worked with him, Jeremy Cox. Chris Croft, uh, those are some of the great people I was able to work with, along with Casey Matthews, again, because he was still there. And then um, after a year of seven minutes with Doc Sadler, uh, I went on to uh, be a prep school coach at Scotland Performance Institute in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, where it was an up-and-coming program. It was start, it was fresh, no history. I uh, went there for one year. And uh, after one year of being there, I was fortunate enough to get a call from Coach Grant McCaslin at Arkansas State, uh, where I was able to join his staff and a well-put-together staff and working with uh, Ross Hodge, James Miller, and a guy you might have heard of by the name of uh, (laughs) Dr. Hunter Taylor. Uh, And uh, worked there for a year and after that, moved on to University of North Texas, where I'm at right now, currently in year three. And my first year, I was here with um, Grant McCaslin, Ross Hodge, James Miller, John Trilly, uh, Chris Chris Blakely, Luis Lopez, Andrew Huderberg. Uh, that was the staff the first year. Then uh, second year, there's a little bit of changes. Um, Ross Hodge, Grant McCaslin, uh Andy Schmidt uh was added to the program. Chris Blakely was moved into a new role. Um and uh we also added in uh Nelson Haggerty, uh former assistant for Grant McCaslin at Midwestern State. And uh, you know, it's and we also got Matt Brower, uh former player at um Wichita State, took them to the Sweet Sixteen. He's now on staff in year two and uh we're just rolling right along. I wanted to interject somewhere in there because your bio is insanely long. How many moves, how many places you've been. 
But I was telling Chris before, I feel like my favorite thing about Reem is like you list every single person you work with all throughout uh, your whole tenure, which um, which is pretty cool. But it also talks about how much you value being a part of great staffs. Um, so we're going to come back and, and break down some of these time periods and go into further depth. But I, I want to go back one thing. I heard this story a long, long time ago. I just want to know if it's valid or not, because I heard it from other people, but not necessarily from you. When you were a player, uh, you broke uh, an Olympic gold medalist, jaw, NBA Hall of Famer. I just want to know, is there any truth to it whatsoever? I have the picture. I have the picture of him laying on the ground. Uh, <laughs> Darren Williams. Uh, we were playing um, Illinois versus University of Maryland Eastern Shore. And we're down about 57 points at that time. <laughs> and they were still pressing us uh, 94 feet. And Roger Powell, who is now an assistant in Gonzaga, uh, oh, the yeah. number two team in the country, uh, he, uh, he was guarding me. I took the ball out, and I sprinted down the floor as if I was going to, you know, sprint to the other half of the court. So Roger Powell started sprinting as well. And I stopped, turned around set a pick for my uh, point guard at the time, uh, Thomas Trotter, and uh, set a legal pick, and Darren Williams just ran into a brick wall. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, so, uh, hey, let's let's go back to your time at Cecil, and you mentioned Bill Lewitt. Uh, why should people know about Coach Bill Lewitt? What, what would you want listeners to know about him? Bill Lewitt is an unbelievable – teacher and influence influencer of young men uh he used the game of basketball to mold guys into characters uh that will help them be successful in their life beyond basketball he's a disciplinarian he's a perfectionist uh he cares uh more than the two hours of practice on the court and he stays in touch with all his former players as as well as the ones that he's currently coaching. That's how involved he is and instrumental he's been in my life. And mm -hmm. that's why I think he's one of the best basketball coaches and one of the best human beings in all of college basketball. And so you played for Coach Lewitt and then got to be an assistant on his staff. So what was that transition like? It was, it was, it was different. Um, I thought coaches just went home and that was it after practice. And working with him, I realized that I had to be in the office for a long time, long periods of time after practices over four or five hours. And he had a saying that saying, if you leave before 12 a.m., you're guilty of not working hard <laughs> enough, you know. And um, so I learned the morning, noon, and night mentality from working for Bill Lewitt and grinding and scouting and, you know, preparing meals for the players, picking the players up. I learned it all from the ground level working with him. You got to tell uh, Cut and and the listeners the uh, you posted this a couple couple months ago. The trick that he can do that he can recite like years. Go, explain it. You know what I'm talking about? Like the national he, he championship for, teams for national championship baseball and NBA. He basically he can list off the last fifty champions in a row uh, in each sport. <laughs> And he can do it uh, 75 seconds or less. 
Like you got to see this. It's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah, it's it's um, it's, it's remarkable. I, every time I see him out in public, I kind of embarrass him and make him do it for people, and they look at him like, "Holy moly, how did you do that?" You know, <laughs> totally. Hey, so Reem, one thing I, I know uh, we want to bring up here in this part because it's so fascinating is this one chapter in your in your coaching career. And you kind of gave a, a, a big overview, and mm-hmm. some people can look at it and think it was just all kind of roses. You know, you, you go to this one place, you win, you get the next position, you win, you get the, et cetera, okay? But yep. I want you to take us through, um, I think, one of the coolest parts of your story where you transition from Moorhead State, working for Coach Tyndall, to Southern Miss. You're there for mm-hmm. two years. You go to Tennessee. Something happens. Uh, go back to Southern. Uh, and then you're kind of forced to spend a year outside of college basketball. Um, yeah, I want you to kind of guide us through that on what happened because you say a name like Coach Tendall, and, and I know the listener will immediately, you know, their ears perk up a little bit more about seeing headlines and, and news articles, et cetera. Well, Donnie Tendall is a phenomenal basketball mind. Um, I think he's a top 25 coach in all of college basketball if he was currently in college basketball. Uh, I was fortunate enough, again, to work for him. He gave him my first opportunity to be a Division One assistant. And um, I worked for him at Moorhead State. I worked for him at Southern Miss and, you know, went on to, to Tennessee. And he was honest enough to tell me that he didn't think I was good enough to get the job done at that level. And wow. still offered me a full-time position, uh, not uh-huh. in a coaching role. And, um it was kind of a, a gut check, you know. Um, I'm a competitive person. I care about my craft. And uh, it was kind of eye-opening that, you know, things can change. And it happens a lot in this profession. You know, I'm not the first guy that would move on to a higher level and get demoted. But, you know, I, I took it as a, a challenge to make myself better. And I was fortunate enough to get a call from the legendary Doc Sadler uh, offering me a position to come back to Southern Miss once the publications of, you know, everybody's role uh, being listed in articles online. So um, I talked to my mentors, uh, Jerome Tang, who's the associate head coach at Baylor, and I talked to mm-hmm. Bill Lewis, and I asked them, what should I do? And they was like, you're a basketball coach, and, you know, no matter if you're not at the high level this time, uh, Coach Lewis and Coach Tang always tell me, you make the big time where you are, you know? So you don't necessarily need to be at a a prestige school like a Tennessee to be big time. So uh, I rented a one-way car and uh, I drove from Nashville, Tennessee. I know Knoxville, Tennessee, back to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and uh, had the pleasure of working with Doc Sadler, Jeremy Cox, Chris Croft, Casey Matthews for a whole year. And it was unbelievable. And because of uh, the, the NCA investigation at the time, for the time that Tyndall was working at Southern Miss, I had to resign at the end of the year and okay. you know, take a different path in coaching until the investigation was over. And a good friend of mine, Dalu Daniels, uh, called me up about the opportunity to coach in Pennsylvania at a prep school that, you know, wasn't established, that I would get be able to put my mark on it from the beginning and mold it the way that I wanted to do it. And uh, it, it was a pleasure. Um, 
I got a chance to, to do it for 11 months. I got to do it with two former players, John Valeriano, who played for me at Slipper Rock, and uh, Josiah Whitehead, who played for me at Cecil Community College. So it was an unbelievable uh, opportunity. Uh, coached about 16 to 17 guys and had about seven Division One players out of the program. And it was, it it was fulfilling. It it was humbling. It was fulfilling. And it gave me an opportunity to see, see the game of basketball from a different level. Reem. So just to clarify, so like at the very end at Southern Miss, you're basically asked to resign because of an investigation dealing with your boss. So you're out of college basketball and it's kind of like nobody will touch you, right? Just because you're of an association. And so then you, you kind of have to roll the dice is what you're telling, right? Yeah, I rolled the dice. Um, at the time, you know, I really didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, I reached out to the then president of FIBA basketball, Usi Richards, who I had the opportunity of working for because I coached the junior national team uh, as a head coach for the U.S. Virgin Islands as well as an assistant for the senior team. So I called him to see if he had any overseas opportunities for me. And he was going to work on it. But then the opportunity came in Pennsylvania from my friend Dalu, where I had an opportunity to also be closer to my daughter. So I went that route instead. Perfect. So talk about that, you know, working at the prep school versus working, uh, you know, at the collegiate level. What was the, I guess, the biggest difference uh, for you as a coach between those two levels? Uh, the difference is, um, I would say, resources. Uh, because, you know, you're working at a situation where nobody's ever played before as far as, you know, a new name program. Uh, You're trying to get kids qualified academically, SAT-wise. You're trying to work on their bodies, you know, trying to teach them how to eat. Uh, Also trying to teach them how to play basketball the correct way to where it translates to the Division I, Division II, Division III level. And doing so... It was it was a challenge, but it was so rewarding to see the development of kids each day as you work morning, noon, and night with them to get them better. You know, the discipline uh, that they were lacking that you was able to instill in them and then, you know, see them develop that discipline and improve on their games and their character throughout that time of being around them. It was, it was awesome. All right, so now, you know, I know next stop along the way was Arkansas State. So just talk about uh, getting started there and, and, and what that experience was like moving back into uh, NCAA basketball. It was, it was unbelievable. Um, I got a chance to work with Ross Hodge, who I knew from afar because of his success in uh, coaching. And I actually replaced him when him and his staff left to go to Colorado State. Uh, so he kind of left a good team at University of Southern Miss for us and some good players. So I had the opportunity to work with him and James Miller, who was a big-time junior college coach uh, out of New Mexico Junior College, where he had three current NBA players playing for him at the time. And, uh, of course, Grant McCaslin, who <laughs> – funny story is I won a national championship in, at Cecil Community College. And uh, I think it was 2006, we went out to a tournament in Midland, Texas. And I didn't know at the time that Grant McCaslin was the coach there. We lost to Grant McCaslin's team by 
40 or 40 or 30. I can't remember. But I knew <laughs> the last time we lost a game that year, we won 29 games in a row. So when I got the call from Coach Mack about coming to work with him, I was like, man, I can't beat this guy. I might as well join him, you know? <laughs> All right, so when you're there, though, okay, in Arkansas Ooh. State for that for that time period, I remember sitting next to you um, in warm-ups. We'd go in the locker room. You were dressed in a suit, and then you came back with something different on. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Which is in Arlington versus UTA. Oh, my goodness. I, you did not do that. Oh, Chris, I'm just saying, let's be real. Chris, he's clowning me, Chris. He's clowning me. <laughs> so I was coaching my butt off literally at University of Texas, Arlington. It was my scout, you know, Coach Mack, Coach Hodge, Coach Miller. Those are some fiery guys, you know, so the temperature's always on hot, you know, coaching with those guys. And I happened to rip my pants on the bench. I didn't even know it. I ripped my pants on the bench, and my my players was laughing after me. I was like, why are they laughing? And they kept pointing at me. I was like, Coach, you ripped your pants. I put my hand back there. I was like, holy moly. So I had about five minutes left in the first half, and I had to get a towel to cover it. And then at halftime, I had to switch into uh, my sweatsuit that I wear to come to the game before getting dressed. And coach the rest of the game in the sweatsuit. <laughs> now, now, here's the kicker with this, okay? So he's got history in Arlington because his wife tells me a story of, like, when you're at North Texas, how she brought you a dress shirt or something that was, like, a couple oh, sizes too small. I don't, I don't know if I want to coach a UTA anymore. So my beautiful <laughs> wife, Sierra, she buys me a bunch of uh, dress shirts for my birthday. Uh, I've been complaining to her all year about not having enough new dress shirts so she buys me a couple and I probably wore four or five in a row before going into the UTA game so I don't try on my shirt before at home or anything I iron it at the hotel that's my pre-game ritual shirt looks fine I go to put the shirt on and realize that it was too tight and it was two neck sizes too small for me so I got <laughs> coach Hodge coach Matt coach Maddie B all looking at me like, man, what, what's wrong with your shirt? I was like, man, the wife bought me a shirt that was too small, man. And then Coach Hag came over to me and he said, man, you might as well just take the tie off, man. It's not looking too good. <laughs> so definitely uh, not not looking to go back uh, to UTA anytime soon. No, no, nothing good ever happens there for me, man. <laughs> So, so you, you've talked a lot about Coach Mack, and, and you're with him now at North Texas. So what makes him such a good person to work for? Uh, phenomenal human being. He's a phenomenal dad. Uh, he's a phenomenal leader of young men. Uh, he has a strong faith. He has an awesome family. Uh, and I'm not talking about just his immediate family. I'm talking about his mom, his dad, his brothers, his sisters, his, um, his nieces and nephews. They're just, they're just awesome people that, exuberates energy of positivity around the people that they're around 24-7. And um, no doubt. Uh, because of working with Coach Mack, um, I think he's helped me become uh, a better man to where now I'm a loving husband to my beautiful wife, Sierra. Um, 
you know, because of Coach Mack and Coach Hodge and Coach Miller, uh, even Coach Matty B, Coach Hunter, uh, Coach Dr. Taylor, um, you know, all those guys were married around me. I was the only guy that weren't married, and they made being married seem like being in the NBA. Uh, the way they love their wives, uh, the way they take care of their wives, and, you know, I realized that I needed that to help me become whole, and I just happened to find my beautiful wife on, on an official visit at LSA uh, where we had a player Good recruiting. On a, yeah, on a visit, and I just noticed her staring at me, and I was like, oh, she must be the one. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely alive. <laughs> 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 man that's awesome uh that's awesome so uh all right favorite person that you've worked with that's not on the current staff at north texas so outside of your current that's staff easy. favorite person you've worked with easy um everybody everybody <laughs> that i've worked with i i, oh I everybody gosh, man this was a no I, I, no no it, it, it's not because like Everybody that I work with, I have a special <laughs> relationship with. I mean, the first month on the job, everybody kind of like, this guy's kind of a whack job. And then they realize <laughs> that, you know, um, I'm an actual good person and I'm a fun-loving person. And then, you know, it's just fun. And now the person that I work the closest with every day that, you know, uh, that, was just different than any other job. I got to give it to my bro, Dr. T. Uh, we worked go. together. We shared Checks the in the mail. <laughs> we shared the <laughs> office in uh, Arkansas State. We saw each other every single day. Uh, we were literally five feet away from each other. And we basically became police partners where we were like bad boys for life. Uh, but we were actually <laughs> good guys for life. And um, so... You know, Dr. T is special to me, but everybody that I've ever worked with at CISO, Slippery Rock, Moorhead State, Southern Miss, Tennessee, Arkansas State, uh, Scotland Performance Institute, North Texas is is dear to me. Reem's genuine with that, too. I mean, if you go to any road game that, uh, that they'll play, that North Texas will play, or any staff that he's ever been a part of, like, I've never seen somebody have so many visitors uh, and it's like of all ages that'll come to the game just to see him because they just love him and they remember how well he treated them. Like it's, it's unbelievable to see. Um, Reem, we don't have a ton of time left on the podcast. I want the, I want the listeners uh, to know though about uh, your work uh, in the VI and what you've been um, doing for so long, how important that is. I've been working for 12 years, uh, coaching the Virgin Islands team. It's there to my heart to give back to the youth of the Virgin Islands and uh, take care of my people, you know, by giving them an opportunity to either get seen by college coaches or just coaching them to be better young individuals to be prepared for the remainder of their life, even if they're not a college-ready player, you know. Um, I take pride in it. I love it. And uh, I plan to do it as long as they allow me to. Um, come back home and give back to the kids. I love it. Man, that's awesome. That's, that's really cool uh, that you've got that going on too. So, all right. So another question, just in the coaching community today, somebody who's coaching today, 
uh, that you greatly admire, greatly respect, uh, you know, they do it the right way, somebody you look up to in the profession? Jerome Tanya Biller. Uh, Jerome Tanya Biller. He, uh, I've never heard him say a negative word about anybody. Um, one of his favorite scenes to me, uh, when I say something, he always says, uh, that person is not a bad person. They might just have a flaw, you know, in that area. He never says anything negative about anybody. He's always positive. He's mm-hmm. always praising the most high. And uh, he's a great husband, a great father, a great mentor, um, a great leader of young men. And, uh, you know, he actually uh, did the wedding for me and my wife right here in my living room. Um, so it was, it was awesome. an awesome thing. Tell us about uh, the nickname King Midas and who gave it to you. Bill Lewis. Bill Lewis gave me the nickname <laughs> King Midas. Uh, he said, wherever I touch it, you know, always kind of have some kind of success. And uh, no question, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of lived up to the hype, you know, um, we won 98 games in three years at CISO, won the first ever national championship at Slipper Rock. Uh, we went to the NCAA tournament two out of three years I was there. We set a regular season, most wins in school history, had the most wins in school, uh, winning streak ever in school history. Uh, had the best start in school history. Um, Moorhead State, we had success academically in the classroom. Uh, Southern Miss won a, NI, um, we won a regular season championship. Uh, we had the most wins in school history at Southern Miss. Went to Arkansas State with Coach Mack, where we won, tied the school's most wins in school history. We upset Georgetown and uh, won a CBI championship here in North Texas. First postseason win and championship for men's basketball um, in a while. And now we have the best start in Conference USA at 10 and 2. Uh, so I, I'm just lucky and blessed to, to be working with great individual everywhere I've been. Uh, it, it has nothing to do with me and just has everything to do with the culture and the leaders that I've been fortunate to work under uh, to have success. Well, you're obviously gifted. And I know that firsthand. So the nickname is very appropriate. So thanks for sharing all that with us. Before we wrap up, Raheem, anybody want to give a special shout out to? Yes, I want to give a special shout out to my beautiful wife, Sierra Dowling. Um, I want to give a shout out to my beautiful daughter, Leah Dowling. Um, I want to give a shout out to my coaching staff uh, for working with me every single day. Uh, any of my former players, my mom, my dad, my siblings, my sister Loretta, my sister Asset, my brothers, um, and any of my close friends that uh, I stay in touch with on a regular basis. Um, thank you for, you know, being in my life. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to my brother, Dr. Charles Tolson, and my other brother, George Tolson, um, for being there for me in some tough times. and. Uh, you know, all the people, man, that touched my life at some point uh, and have helped me become the man that I'm continuing to work hard to be every day. And, and, and two two people I want to shout out. Uh, Ross Hodge, James Miller, and the bonus, Dr. T. Those three guys, man, um, <laughs> in the last – in the last four years have helped me a lot in my life. Um, 
mentally, physically, uh, you know, become a better person. And I got nothing but love for those dudes. No doubt, man. Love you too. Reem, thanks so much for doing this, being on our show. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, again, if LeBron and Kevin Durant don't want to do it next week, I'm here. <laughs> I love it, man. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Coach and Doc podcast. We know there are a lot of podcasts out there, so we're grateful that you chose us. If you'd like to learn more about the work that we do, please visit our website, www.coachanddoc.com.